0: Listening to the Ed Reach Network.
1: Ed Gamer, episode 103 on Ed Reach. GLS 2013 recap. Or is that GLS 9, Jerry? Uh, 9. 9, 2013. There's a debate going on out there. there? (laughs) Hashtag confused. Hashtag. This is Edgamer for Saturday, June 15th, 2013. Edgamer is part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A
0: big voice.
1: This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach.
0: (laughs) And I'm Jerry.
1: Jerry, Yeah. Uh, who are you? What the heck do you do? My name is
0: Jerry James, and I'm an addict. I like Twix ice cream bars.
1: <laughs> yeah, I noticed that.
0: I'm a visual I... arts educator from Schaumburg, Illinois.
1: Yeah, and I'm Zach Gilbert. I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois, and I'm already feeling my voice going.
0: Did you have any of the Twix ice cream bars?
1: No, I stayed away. Oh my god.
0: I don't want your girlish figure. It was Evan. Evan Wright. He walks by and he goes, hmm, you tried one of these yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. He goes, oh, don't try one. So, of course, I had <laughs> oh, to go over know. and try one, and then I had to have, like, four more. So thanks a lot, Evan. No, you didn't. No, I just had one. But I wanted
1: four more. I'm sure you did. Oh, my goodness. They were delicious. So, uh, I am, um, my brain is mush. <laughs>
0: That's the sign of a successful conference.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's mushed. And I know for – we got a lot of hate mail last week because we didn't have a, uh, a show. So we apologized for that. And it was kind of a, a crazy thing. We have an email? Y- yeah, oh. sometimes. <laughs> you know, we had like three emails. Three. Where were you? They're they're addicted to us like One you are to Twix. Yeah. yeah, your mom, my mom, <laughs> and uh, I think my my wife was a um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for not posting. Yeah, well, to, not to go into too many details, but uh, a few weeks ago, my um, wife broke her femur. We'll mm-hmm. not going into the specifics, other than she broke her femur, and. It's been kind of crazy around the Gilbert household, and if anybody's broken a femur before, it's it's not the best break in the world. It's very hurtful, Ugh. harmful, and so she has a 36 centimeter rod and two screws near her knee and two screws up near her hip, Ugh, and that's her cast. And the surgeon did a great job. The orthopedic surgeon did a great job. It's going to heal up real nice, and it's but it's I, I am. Glad, and I'm not glad, I'm, well, I'm glad she's doing better and she's getting better. But there's a lot of things, as as Jerry and I both know, because we married up. Um, <laughs> replacing my wife takes at least three or four people. And so it's been, with you know, without the help of family and friends, there's no way that I could have survived these last few weeks. But without family and friends, uh, I would not have been able to go up to Madison, which seems like very inconsiderate. But uh, uh, I missed GLS last year, Jerry. You yeah. remember that?
0: Yeah, almost two years running. But
1: Yeah, so we had a flood last year. We, my wife breaks her leg this year, and she goes, you need to go. And so family stepped up, and I was able to go, which was very nice of them. And and it was, you know, I felt bad, but also um, it was definitely worthwhile. And, and so my brain's mushed from <laughs> uh, the injury of my wife, but also from the conference. Well, the conference was amazing. I, I
0: mailed you a casserole about two weeks ago. So hopefully that'll <laughs> that'll get there. Soon. Uh, and dry ice? No. No, just in oh. a box. Okay. There's a lot of cheese That's on it. it, so it should be fine.
1: It should be fine. Should be great. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks, Jerry. Yep. Thanks. So I need that um, dish back when you're done. <laughs> oh yes, I'll make sure I mail it back. Thank you. Unwashed. <laughs> unwashed. So, a lot of the news uh, for this week is going to be about uh, Games Learning Society Conference number 9, or 2013. Uh, There was an argument over the hashtag, (laughs) actually I just put out there, let's decide, because
0: (laughs) I'm tired of looking at both.
1: Yeah, it takes up too much space in Twitter, so it's like, let me do GLS 9 shorter, but people I I don't think are going to understand that, you know, I think years are better. And remembering what's going on. I don't know. So I was there on Monday, which was part of a, the Playful Learning Initiative. And that was something that, you know, we've our previous guests, we've uh, talked to Peter Stidwell, uh, Jeremiah McCall. Um, they were kind of, uh, and Jen Groff, which we haven't had on the show, but we, we need to do that sometime. Mm-hmm. They were part of the the leadership group for this playful learning initiative which just a reminder for everybody is going to be a a space for teachers to gather information about how to use games in the classroom lesson plans ideas implementation and the website should be up in a couple weeks i have a link for the website and the show notes but uh it's going to take a while um it's going to take a few weeks they want to make sure it's just right before it's released and we gave people a glimpse of that of the beta site at the conference, and it was very well received. And it's going to be a nice way for teachers to add content to uh, the play, playful learning. It's also going to be a place where you can get the information, and that's that's really exciting. I, I so I, I just want to thank that group for for allowing me to go to uh, GLS this year, and they were very kind and and hospitable. Um, some of the other people I want to mention, uh, Rex Bieber, uh, he was an assistant, project assistant, grad student. Ramey, who basically was the chair, is the chair for the GLS Playful Learning Summit. Uh, Wade Berger, amazing grad student. Uh, we had some great conversations. He also did a great presentation on Assassin's, 3, uh, Assassins Creed III in, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely going to be talking to him later about that and how that game was actually put together historically, which they did. Ubisoft did a lot of work in trying to get a lot of accuracies done within that game. So a um, couple – Cody Blackburn from Colorado. Um, I'm definitely – we need to just get him on the show. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a principal in a, in a STEM school.
0: Yeah, with and lots of art teachers, which was awesome. I loved for having how many, that conversation. Three like full-time 900? teachers for 900 yeah. kids. How many? Three full-time teachers for, I think he said
1: like 900 kids or something. Yeah. I have 750 in my school and we have one art teacher. Yeah. I have 2,405
0: art teachers, but that's going down. So that's, you know, it's amazing to have, to have that amount. That's fantastic.
1: Yep. Yep. Great conversations with Ross Fitzgerald, um, he is uh, a teacher. He's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Lucy Gray, who I've been following for a while on Twitter, we had some wonderful conversations. She's a uh, consultant. Uh, Lynn Koresh, um, a teacher near, I think, in near Madison, and she's done a lot of work for uh, through the University of uh, Wisconsin Madison and doing some really cool projects there. Um, of course, Joel Levin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, finally getting to meet Joel. What a nice guy, too. Firsthand, what an amazing, amazing guy. Yeah. And um, he's taken the big step of basically going full time with his uh, Minecraft Edu. But it's one of those things that you know, uh, deep down, his whole purpose of, of doing this is to uh, give educators, you know, a better grip and handle on uh, how to implement playful learning and in, in the classroom yeah. how to play, play and learn uh, Heather Robertson uh, who was just a hoot uh, she was so so funny uh, as I told her reminds me a lot of my wife's best friend and uh, that was that was a lot of fun there were several you Ben rhymes who had conversation great conversations with and know I will be talking to in the future and there were several other teachers just amazing work I'm sure when the playful learning website gets up They'll have some of these bios and things onto the uh, onto the website. Um, I know I probably missed a, I know I missed a few p- teachers there, but it was a great experience. We had a full day that I think we probably could have taken several days. So oh, yeah. Jan and Peter and Jeremiah, we probably could do a couple of days of of just meeting with this group and really helping out. But some of the goals that were you know number one goal is to get the website up and going and getting it live and and just having that information out for teachers. So we'll be talking about that in future episodes, the, um, but also having some summits, having some areas and places to where we can introduce this this content to teachers. So I know with the ICE conference, Jerry, I think that's going to be important. Yeah. I also have some professional development um, opportunities that I'm, I'm presenting and teaching at and within my area later the summer. I think that's going to be very important, and the cool thing is, is that the site will be live at that time, so I'll be able to walk some teachers through uh, that content. It's a huge step, but the other thing that's really cool is that there's connections. Not only it, it's not just a, a MIT, Madison, Wisconsin thing; it's it's with other uh, companies and organizations. Um, I know Brain Pop was there. Allison from Brain Pop, we had some good conversations. Mm-hmm um brain pop is doing some really cool things and in a couple weeks at isti i'm going to be uh, interviewing annie Choi from brain pop. she'll be at isti i'll be at home in my basement but we'll be we'll be doing a google hangout and she'll be sharing some of that information with us um they're connecting to all different groups um playful learning is and i think that's important they're trying to bring all different platforms and ideas in and uh one of the big influxes, Jerry, that uh, you didn't see a lot, I think you mentioned last year, was role-playing games and board games, yeah. card games. Yeah. Last year it wasn't uh, that big, and I don't i don't know if it's been big uh, in previous years, but this year there was a keynote speaker, um, Mary Flanagan, who is a researcher, and she has a, a really cool website, and I'm gonna forget the name of it. <laughs> um, and she she has some games that talk about biases. Um, You know whether it's um, racial or gender based. Yeah. And um, that's the Buffalo game. The Buffalo game was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Really cool stuff. So there's um, there's some really neat things there. What, what are some of your initial impressions?
0: Oh man, it, you know the whole thing. You, you just mean to the conference in general. Yeah. I, it, it's like uh, it's like summer camp. For
1: <laughs> for
0: <laughs> teachers that like games, you know, we ran into so many good friends and friends we made last year. People we've had on the show, Crystal Martin, Jeff Holmes, um, you know, just just it, it's like a nice time when we get to all, you know, get together and and the conference is so um, it's one of the few conferences which is ironic because it's in such a great city. Was that your first trip to Madison?
1: It was my first trip in Madison okay. and. It's, yeah, because um, I've driven through there going to the Dells. Okay, okay. But never been in, and it is an amazing place.
0: Yeah, they, you know, that's the funny part is the GLS conference does an amazing job of engaging you for an entire day. Um, you wake up, they feed you breakfast, you know, you have get a keynote in the morning, and then it, there are events planned all the way through the evening and they feed you all the way throughout the day so you could literally spend all day at this conference and then just return to your hotel at night but it's in such a great city that that's hard to do because there's so many fantastic things outside of the conference too you know that's a i always feel torn when i go there because i want to enjoy the city and enjoy the conference and uh, it's tough i think this, it's not like that in a lot of other conferences
1: no um, no it's not
0: yeah but it, it's a great one to go to and uh you know the union is a is a is a great spot I think for the for the group that's there. It's a very casual group, a um, lot of fun. Could use a little more air conditioning in certain parts. <laughs> yeah. Got, it got a little warm, which, you know, the only reason that stinks is because then it's it does get hard to pay attention when you're, you know, if you're uncomfortable, it's, it's not as easy to enjoy
1: and pay attention. So. I hate to say it. I, I was, um, there were certain rooms that were cooler than others, and I was just, I kind of waited in some of those rooms, and it kind of worked out that I saw some great presentations yeah. in particular rooms that were cooler than others. So, but I know I missed out because I was like, I'm not sitting in that room. It's just so hot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and there were some that were like standing room only. And I got in there and I was like, okay, I can't stand with (laughs) this close to other people for the next hour, you know, well, while it's this hot in here. So that, that kind of stinks, but you know, it it is, it's a beautiful location to have it it, as opposed to a big sterile building, you know, with, with meeting rooms. It's, it's, got a lot of character and, and they really let GLS run that building for, you know, for the week, which is great. You know, all the rooms are pretty much dedicated to it, which is awesome. So I love to be in there. Um, it, it's, it's a close knit group. I, I'd be curious to see what attendance is from year to year. Is it? I mean, I know is, it was growing in the past. You know, is it is it still growing? i I, I amazed at how many faces that I recognized just from last year. You know, and I, and I hope there's still a, a really nice growing group. Um, but, you know, I, I think um, and we can get to the, you know, the chat later because I said that we would. But Jim G kind of one of our favorites hinted at that in his fireside chat is, you know, kind of echoing one of the things that that we not that we have said, but we've always agreed with him on, which is gaming's not a perfect tool for anybody. So we can't expect this to take. Over education, we can just expect to be the best group that we are, and and then supply our knowledge to help kids where and when they need it. You know, so I kind of like that. As much as I say, you know, you'd want to see this group grow and grow and grow and grow and be huge and and take over. That's not a realistic idea. You know, so I think it was really good. It's a great group of people. I love being there.
1: Yeah, it it, it's. It's a lot of fun. I I had a great time and I know next year, you know, I should be able to, um, um, you know, get more out of it. And definitely I think the connections I made um, will definitely benefit me and my learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that's I think that's important. I'm
0: telling you, you'll be amazed when you see, you know, so many of the same great faces next year
1: yeah hey how you doing yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think you're right it's, it's that's... the
0: biggest sense of community that I've ever gotten from a, maybe it's because we all eat together all the time we all you know it, it's just it's very and, and, well of course it's a bunch of gamers which depend on community right so right it, it's, a, it's the most sense of community I, I've ever gotten out of a conference
1: yeah and that's that's fun yep that is a lot of fun Okay, so um, one thing that uh, you know, so Mary Flanagan has. The, it was going back to the, one of the keynotes, Tilt Factor, which uh, tiltfactor.org, and just some really uh, cool games. Um, just a just a lot of neat stuff there, and she was a very energetic speaker. I think I tweeted out that it's so cool to see somebody excited about the science and and be able to present it in a way that's exciting for everybody else. It's infectious. Yeah. Um, Danny Hero, who is a uh, graduate from um, University of Wisconsin, and she's now at Clemson University, and she she had a great presentation about um, you know where education is going and, and what we need to look at and uh, as teachers, and that's something that I'll post some links up there. I, there's so much, and then that, that's the problem um, of going through all this. Uh, Steve, and we think it's shotler and I can't, I can't remember for the life of me. He was one of the founding uh, persons of, of Zinga, and he threw a zinger at <laughs> at the uh, at the crowd. I I came in late that morning. I think that was Wednesday morning, and. I had some coffee and it was it wasn't kicking in yet. And <laughs> all of a sudden I hear this thing about the tea party and the uh, teachers unions and how the unions teacher unions are one of the biggest obstacles to education and the rumble in the room. Now e- you know, you've mentioned before. There's usually a lot of academics, you know, like higher ed academics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said from last year, mm-hmm. and so you'd get some interesting comments from a non-teacher perspective, which fine. That's fine. I, I don't mind discourse. I don't mind having ideas brought up and, mm-hmm. and discussed. But then you're making this comment to a room in Madison, Wisconsin, which is one of the 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 homesteads of unionization, um, <laughs> and I thought. Wow, but the cool thing was it was talked it was talked about that night. It was talked about the next day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, and then talking about how Common Core is not liked by uh, teachers, and that's that's kind of where he goes on that you know unions are not wanting this and Tea Party doesn't want it, so they're kind of collaborating. And hopefully, I'm not saying this wrong in any way, but that's kind of the gist that I was getting out of it. And uh, I perked up like, what mm-hmm. <laughs> would you say? So one of the professors there spoke up and, and, and basically that got a nice round of applause and, um, you know, unions aren't perfect. My union's not perfect. There's good unions. There's bad unions. There's good companies. There's bad companies. There's good research. There's bad research. Um, it's, but not all, um, teachers, not all unions, not all organizations, there's parts of common core that is not well liked or received especially as it pertains to evaluation and that's that's one of the biggest problems that that i see and um but wow that was a, that really woke up the crowd mm-hmm. um the constant sign cooler you saw her oh you didn't see her presentation did you I,
0: I got i got caught with somebody in the in the hallway during most parts of it so um, i could only hear little bits while this person wasn't speaking to me
1: so <laughs> it was uh, okay so can't it was well received yeah yeah uh, a lot well of people received.
0: saying really good things like uh one of the best they've seen so and she she's taken on the whole conference kind of as her baby now she was you know like uh <clears throat> organizing all of it and she did just a fantastic job with yeah the it's in i wonder if we can get her on now you know maybe yeah be since she's not
1: on right right yep um yeah, it's, it, it, that would be that would be awesome. I'd love to get Mary Flanagan, too. I think the science aspect or the, the scientific research, and I know Constance was talking about that, too. I saw the tweets, and the, the hashtag that I was seeing a lot was the GLS 2013, but GLS uh, 9 is another one. And, man, you could probably spend a day just going through the tweets and grabbing out information. I, I think that for anybody that's got the time, just to sit there and do that. Um I know somebody's gonna put together I know there was some uh a Google Doc that had notes on it. I know somebody's probably gonna do like a back channel mm-hmm. um documentation and I think that'll be quite handy. There was just so many cool things. Um as I mentioned before, the brain pop, I think that's that's gonna be something big. I'm just going through my notes here. Minecraft chat. So one day, I think it was the um the Thursday that I was leaving, uh some of the teachers, uh some teachers from um Uh, ASU, Arizona State University, Joel Levin, and many others, we got a, I think we're getting a Google group together, and I will put that out. I know Joel Levin has one that's out there, but there was, what do you think, Jerry, about 30 teachers? At least. 30 30 people, at at least least 30 people, teachers from all different groups, whether it's um, the uh, industry side, uh, the education, like the um, college side, university side and then classroom teachers and then developers and such. That's gonna be interesting. Hopefully that I'm gonna really push to make sure that chat really gets going. Uh, it was just, it was a great way to just share some information about us, but finding ways to implement. And that's when Joel spoke up. He goes, yeah, I have Minecraft EDU, but there's other platforms. This one doesn't do everything. You know, We're working on stuff like that, but you know, might not be the best for you. Of course I said, hey, for me, <laughs> The Minecraft Edu was wonderful. Uh, the server was wonderful. Uh, it was a great tool for me to use in the classroom, and I know Joel will hopefully work with me on you know tweaking that out for this next year. But I think that's going to be a nice little chat that um, I will definitely share that information out for all of you, so you can join in it too. And then. Do you want to do the thoughts on science and then the fireside chat, Jerry? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Or, or does that go together?
0: They they kind of go together, you know. But um, I I had two, you know, I had some nice time to kind of just sit on the the wonderful, fantastic uh, Memorial Terrace there and the Union Terrace and <clears throat> and just write down a few things that I thought from the from the conference in general. And I tried to keep as much bias out of it as possible. But um, this was all before I saw the the G um fireside chat which was ironic because the fireside chat was on a the fire was on a small computer screen
1: which was isn't that funny
0: <laughs> which was very funny um, very geeky yeah i liked it but uh, one of one of the things that you know i've noticed this year from the conference it was different than last year and and last year it was really heavy on assessment and it was really heavy on um you know h- how games can impact the classroom through creativity and other things like that. And, and this year um, I saw a lot about math and science, you know, um, the way that games can educate science, educate, STEM. you know, yeah. Yeah. The STEM, STEM.
1: Type Steam. Stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Right. It's
0: all another thing. And, and I, I just, I, you know, it's something that I've started to think about because I saw a couple people um, posted a, you know, a quote, there was an Obama quote about uh, having students, you know learn science education it's most important and then you know uh the there's a few people in pop culture that are really pushing science education you know like um i don't know if you ever follow uh george Take's you
1: know oh uh, uh, yeah and it's
0: fantastic but but yes. so he's got that twinge to him and neil and i'm gonna say this wrong is it neil De- Degrassi? Yeah. Tyson. Gra-
1: yeah, yeah, Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, you know, Bill Nye, somebody like that. Like like very popular forces that are really pushing a lot about science education. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder if some of that stuff – like, like I, I, I guess what I'm always curious about and what this conference made me think about is what is everyone's definition of science edu- education? You know, what is it that we're trying to – to promote in kids and to push into kids, you know, is it, is it the same thing? Like we don't, I guess science is, is a little bit easier to put forward because it relates so well to modern life as opposed to something like algebra. Like what, what good in Jim G said that what good is having a bunch of kids that are, that excel in algebra because politicians think that if they're all great in algebra it'll help us, you know, fight against the Chinese with, <laughs> you know, in English is tough because really, Being, you know, having a depth of knowledge in English doesn't do you as good anymore as having a basic language in two skill or in two languages, basic skills in two languages, you know, being sufficient in English and one other language is better than a deep appreciation of, of, you know, just English these days. So. I guess I'm sometimes I get confused, you know, especially when I look at like a lot of these things. Is is science becoming like just another hot button topic for, you know, politicians to kind of jump on? Like, let's, you know, let's teach us. I mean, are we talking like the science of things? Like, are we studying things or are we talking about like anatomy? Like, do do we need 50 people that need to know how to
1: dissect cats? You know, um, like, is that important? What's really important? You know, it's it's all the it's all the sciences because genetics is part of that. I mean, so biology and stuff like that, that's all important. Uh, you know, whether it's time. diseases and, and, and getting rid of of cancer and all that needs to be understood. But that's one aspect, Jerry. And I think the I think the easiest for people to see math and science, assessing math and science, in some ways is far easier, and in right. some ways far more difficult. It's easy in the way that the politicians and those outside of education can assess and see how are we doing. But we also know, and we had this huge discussion there about quantitative and qualitative. Quantitative is far easier to assess, um, but it's but when you're assessing, usually it's at the lower end of Bloom's taxonomy. Right. Park, which is I have good and bad thoughts about Park Park testing, um, yeah. is it's supposed to be a little bit higher level. You're applying some of that knowledge and that's, that's where it needs to move to in the areas that we study. Uh, and it, it but you also need qualitative data too. Mm-hmm. And that's far more difficult to assess. It's far more difficult to, uh, make sure that you're within a, uh, and you, you understand this more, a certain range of, of error. Yeah. What am I talking about, Jerry? Cause you've been doing all this stuff. Um, what is that called? The that range. Uh, Come on, science guy. I mean, you've been taking your PhD. Uh, Somebody's uh, screaming it out there, but you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. Where you have a certain range, uh, and then you have error. You know, so qualitative I, I know you have far about. more problems with it because it's it's far more uh, subjective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I I guess I just worry that science is becoming the kind of the rock star. Of the group of like,
1: of the Common Core, you know, the math, English, science. Well, science just came out. Okay, I science Common Core just came out, but it's but you see, with English language arts, is that it's English language arts. They did a beautiful job with the idea that we need to integrate this into the other areas. Right. And so there's science, there's history, there's math, there's literacy for those areas. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. With the social studies, The it's not fully out yet, but the idea is that it's basically the scientific method. I have a question. I need to research that answer. I need to find an answer. I need to present that answer. And that's what social studies is moving towards. Mm-hmm. Science already has that.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's the integration of all of those. And I think that's where we're on the cusp of right now. It's the integration because in middle school, it's this kept up coming, coming up a lot, is that in middle school, It's far easier for me to integrate because I'm on a team of teachers. I'm on a middle school team. So I can integrate with other subject areas and we can make it more meaningful. It's far more difficult to do that in traditional high schools.
0: Mm.
1: And that's where it's you're starting to see models and examples of integration of interdisciplinary units within high schools and where it's problem based. It's collaborative and you're working across different subject areas and that needs to happen and science is part of that. Right. Science and math. And for me, social studies, I've repeated this over and over. Social studies is everything. I have you know, history is a story, but it's a story about everything that happens to us, which includes science and math. Mm-hmm. You know, and the arts and and all of that. And it's it's super important. Sure. So science seems to be the one because I think it's it's the most recent to come out for common core. It's also um, it's stem and it's been pushed by the administration and many yeah. politicians
0: well and I see it getting a, a pop culture boost too from you know all those people that I that I mentioned earlier yes mostly yeah. because there, there's this huge people are very upset with a lot of types of religion right now and in G even mentioned this you know in his chat which was it's it's becoming increasingly difficult to educate a population that doesn't, doesn't that's picking and choosing from its beliefs you know so like the one example he gave careful i I know i'm gonna walk outside the lines of of things here but the one example he gave is he said you can't you can't not believe in evolution and then get a flu shot because it's you know it's it's how those things came to be so that's what a lot of his speech was very much about and um and sometimes I worry that science becomes kind of the rebel bad boy against, you know, a lot of those things. And, and like, but again, back to the same point, do we want every kid to be a scientist? You know, it's hard to say that that's, you know, through STEM, well, the most important thing, because you don't want every kid to be a scientist.
1: History repeats itself, but it doesn't always repeat itself in the same fashion. And if you think about when math and science was really pushed, you know, back in the 50s and 60s and, and uh, you know, we've had we've had a great boost from that, you know, going against the Soviet Union and the space race. And and so I think people are looking back to that and saying, oh, we need just we just need to do the same thing. Yeah. It's not as easy as that. It's it's not as easy at at all. Um, as a as a historian, I understand that civilizations grow because of its its work in all areas. Yeah. Um, it's not just a science and math. You're not going to be a complete society. You're not going to work towards um, the greater good if you don't study all areas of human of human life. Mm-hmm. And that's that that can be kind of scary too. Let me get this in first, and then we'll finish with some of the G stuff. So because I want to make sure I get my our little. Little ads in here. So EdReach is hot on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher is the hottest radio pr- uh, platform on the internet. They've taken education forward by giving EdReach and education innovators everywhere a great place to publish content. Listen to EdReach shows on Stitcher.com. Go to EdReach.us/Stitcher to listen online or download the app for iOS and Android. We thank Stitcher for their support of the EdReach Network. And now let's finish with G. So you kind of got into that just a little bit. So what else did G have to say? Okay,
0: I'm gonna go through my notes here, and these are all over the place because his talk was kind of all over the place, which is is awesome. It wasn't a bad all over the place, um, <clears throat> but but uh, it was fantastic. He, he talked a lot about the book, the same thing that he talked about, you know, when he came on here. Um, he talked a lot about obviously about games. Um, and uh, he just said that, you know, like I said earlier, the field is growing. But uh, if you try to make games change everything, they'll become the next textbook. You know, the the one size fits all solution that doesn't work. Um, and he... It's
1: it's one tool, right? And we've we've talked right. about that. Um, now the concepts, I'm sure you got into that. The concepts of how games teach, and the the I guess the foundations and the uh, the science behind of, of of how games are put together that keep us going
0: mm-hmm.
1: and interested in learning that is that is important.
0: Right, right. Um, he he got deep into uh, collaborative learning. You know, yeah. um, talking about how individual learning has just plagued this country. Individual intelligence. You know, like uh, that gave the Greenspan um, example once again, where you know he. He believed that anything he didn't know was irrelevant and that's what caused you know
1: a lot of <laughs> a lot of problems we had, yeah, yeah yeah um so we're gonna turn into the Borg I think so okay just wonder uh, he did talk need to He, go he to,
0: did touch okay. on uh, schools um, and jobs you know he said if the purpose of schools is to produce jobs uh, then you have to be ready to make kids who are going to work at Walmart. You know, yeah. because the, the jobs are are so rapidly changing in this country um, that we can't we can't prepare kids for those kind of jobs. I mean, the well, only kind of job that you can leave and be prepared for is, you know, is a job like Walmart. That's what he was saying.
1: Right. And all I'm going to say about this, because I know we've t- discussed this in length, Jerry, is that I think that's where schools and universities are having a difficult time because they're not reacting or not able to react or not set up to react quickly enough for these changes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, you know, I'm going to use a. To some people, this might be an evil word. I'm going to use charter schools and other schools, independent. Whether I think that's why we're starting to see an influx of those type of schools because they're able to react and change quicker than a large university or a large school district.
0: Yeah, in. And he was extremely critical of the universities, which is the first time yeah. I heard somebody come out and do that. And you know, especially yeah. somebody that works at one. And he made that joke as he said, you know, he, it's the young people here that need to change that. Because he said, I'm old, so I'm not going to be around for too much longer. So I'm just going to reap the benefits of, yeah. of how it's set up. But you know, he said even the the Arizona State University, the where he's at, they've put together their online education program. And he said it's it yeah. ridiculous. You know, that's going to drown out the the whole the whole thing and he he was very critical of the degrees that they were actually, you know, offering people. He made a funny joke about Harvard, you know, waterboarding students, and, but but they can because you graduate with their name as opposed to anything else, you know.
1: Slow. So, he's basically harsh words because he tries to definitely get some attention mm-hmm. with quotes like that, but basically torturing the students to go through all the hoops and 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 guidelines that Harvard has set up. Right. In order to get a degree, because you are able to get a degree. Now, as far as I know, Harvard um, is based there. The payment for Harvard is based upon what you actually can handle to pay, mm. which I think is very progressive compared to a lot of other universities. Yeah. But they have a huge foundation, so it's it makes it easier for them to, you know, bring in a kid that might be um, lower income level, uh, but they don't have to pay as much. So. I give them kudos for that, but yes, you you have to go through all these things, and that's why I think community colleges are growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, we've kind of seen a dip in our area, but our at our community college, but it's still it's very strong, and it's a lot better than you know spending four years at a at a bigger university, paying a lot more money, when the prospects of getting a job after you graduate are very slim, right? And it's very scary. So why put all that time into it? Why spend tens of thousands of dollars for an education when I might not get a job
0: yep yeah. and he said that goes that goes back even to the K through 12 classroom and that is opposed to readying these kids. For the college, through the standardized testing or through the things that you're handed, is teaching them. He said the real heroes in the classroom are the people that are teaching them the skills that are going to allow them to adapt to a new marketplace and adapt to, you know, yeah. creativity, delay of gratification, persistence. You know, these things are are going to help kids survive. And he made a joke that, uh, let's see, where is it here? He said instead of teaching all kids algebra, you know, and STEM concepts, we should be giving kids a snorkels teaching them to snorkel because they're all going to be underwater at some point in their life. You know, so <laughs> yep. it, it, it yep. is true. And he said, he said the the sad part about the teaching, the teaching scenario today is he said, they'll probably fire you for doing that. He said, you know, yeah. and, and it's just how long you can last and morally keep your compass, knowing that if you're teaching to a test, that's not worthwhile to those students, you know, how long can you do that before you just, yep want to teach kids something that's going to actually help them with their lives. So it was
1: interesting. It was a good, good talk. Well, I think that's a good way to end it right there. I got one more little side note here. Um, do you have an eduwin this week? My last little blurby here, Jerry. Okay. That is hashtag E D U W I N. Remember PBS and edreach are collecting education wins by going to what is Anyone can submit a hashtag eduwin to help us shape the conversation and education into a positive one. If you see an innovation, a story, a moment happen, be a citizen reporter and tell the world, submit a hashtag eduwin, at what is And let's change the story of education. Anything else, Jerry?
0: <sighs> no, I'm exhausted.
1: I am too. And I'm <laughs> sure we are. I think we already have several people lined up for, um, talks in the, in the future. I know we have some, uh, ISTE, uh, stuff planned we're hoping for a big one um, maybe next Sunday and i can't say anything because I'm not gonna jinx it at all <laughs> but pay attention uh, we'll put it out on Twitter and Google Plus if if that happens but I definitely know I have two on the Tuesday of of ISTE as I look at the calendar and let's see the 25th I have uh, interview let's see one interview is with uh, Lego Education, and that's at 1:30 p.m. I'm thinking Central Time. Is it San Antonio? And that's on uh, the 25th. And then I have IST interview with Brain Pop on the 25th also. But I'm hoping for a very important one on the 23rd. So we'll keep in touch on that. Mm. Thank you for listening to this week's EdGamer podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach network. Have a great week. There's no more poo in China. You're funny, Jim. Look up the picture. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Look up the picture.
0: There's no more poo in China.
1: Poo is in P-O-O. H, H. obviously. What did you think I was talking about? I don't know. I'm a junior high teacher. What do you expect? So can I give another little hint? Yes. Executives, (laughs) high-ranking officials, and poo. Just
0: a note to our Chinese listeners, you won't be able to find it if you're in
1: China. No, unless you have a way to hack around it. But the Chinese are really good at blocking this stuff. So, okay. See you, Jerry. Bye.